0: That is Baird, the gay dad podcast with Alex Megan and Jan Daniel.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hi, Alex. Hi, Jan. How are you? I'm
0: good, but I have some news for you. Tell me. Our babysitter canceled for tonight. She doesn't feel well. She- so so much for our, no our night out. No dancing tonight. Damn it. Yeah, we can dance in the living room. All right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> I, I derailed you really good yeah, with that. Thank you I? so much for Great that. Pleasure.
1: We have Greg with us, our uh, new and additional co-hosts. Hi, Greg. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> Good. So Greg, is uh, he doesn't have kids, he, you're single, right? Correct. And we love that because we want to hear some uh, single point
0: of view. Right, we we also part. like to live vicariously <laughs> through others. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us
1: more about
2: you. So I grew up in Boston and I moved into L.A. when I was 25. I studied biochemistry and then I moved out here. Why did you move out to L.A.? I liked the fact for, you know, it was more entrepreneurial. I also thought I wasn't really going to meet anyone in Boston (laughs) that I would be interested in. I mean, it's not impossible, but when you say entrepreneurial, you mean gay. <laughs> no, those are suits.
0: <laughs> Maybe. How, how's it? As, do you think that that's worked out? According, does it
2: match at all with what you imagine? I mean, nothing really ever matches what you think. But that's I mean, true. I think in a lot of ways it was a lot better for me. I've tried different things. You know, I've done like go-go dancing, things like that, and more modeling and different opportunities out here. So it's more, um, more opportunities. I don't think I would have had over there. Sure. You are also a blogger. Um, well, my Instagram wasn't really a blog. Mostly it was like, Hey, look at my fitness pictures and look how good I am. And then as I get older, (laughs) I was like, maybe I should start helping people (laughs) and and writing some more content. Whereas when you first start Instagram, it's like hashtags and like likes, and that's all you care about. Let's be clear. If you have a really good body, you're helping people by putting pictures. It's true. It's true. It's a
3: service
1: that you're providing to the community, but I understand what you're saying. Today we're going to talk about single dads. Finding love, and um, I love that Greg that you joined us uh, for this episode, just because we were able to get a single gay man who is not a dad uh, point of view.
0: Right, and it may yeah. have seemed in the interview that we were trying to set you up with him, but that's not, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that, not yeah, that's not what was going
1: on. <laughs> um,
0: you know, although if it turned out that way, it would be
4: fine.
1: We have Daniel Vandenbark, a father of a seven-year-old Torbet. Who we became friends with yeah. after, and Corbett yeah. is really—he's cool a great kid. kid yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also an interior designer and a branding consultant. You know, there were sort of two
0: pieces to the interview. There was our talk with him uh, about his experience, and then there was the second part we, where we brought in Tammy, the uh, LGBT matchmaker. And the tone changed for two reasons, I think. When we when we introduced Tammy, we went from a, a much more like. Guys talking about their experience, feeling in the first part of the interview. To it, it had to get a little bit more serious because a she's a woman, and b she's about setting you up. So,
1: well, we weren't yeah. sure, but you know, we'll uh, get to that. After yeah, <laughs> I'm more interested about what's it like trying to find love nowadays when you have a work
2: and friends and everything else. Like it's difficult as it is. Yeah, I don't go out too much, but I do go out sometimes, but. I don't think it's the easiest thing to do. I mean I have, I have no problem talking to people. I think I'm kind of don't really care about that anymore. Okay. <laughs> but well, uh, it's hard to find like the right people to talk to. I so guess. you're talking like offline or both? Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm pretty good at both. You know, my back before jealous. back before I met you. Love
0: of you my life. You're also good in talking. Yeah, and, and I don't stop. Well, because <laughs> if you do it enough, eventually you develop a skill in it. But no listen. <laughs> my my mom, Hi Ma has a theory which she always used to say uh, to me that it's never about finding enough time to date or finding enough time to find the right guy. In fact, that it's the opposite. She believes that if you fill your life with stuff, things that you're doing that make your life feel full, that keep you busy, it generates a kind of an energy that makes it more likely that you're going to maybe not find lots of people, but find the right person. Because, and I think that there's something to it, because if you make a very uh, kind of practical uh, plan that says I'm going to set aside X number of hours per week towards finding the right guy, she doesn't believe that that's going to work. Yeah, and I I'm, don't think it works like that. Right. You do have to have the in- intention. To, you maybe to you have that. to have the intention, but what she's saying is your life has to be full because when it is full it makes you a more attractive person to other people but it also just prepares you it makes you ready to receive a partnership with somebody else
2: and it's not just about attaining something to make you feel better or to fill a void it's about you know sharing your love with someone else and being a, a better couple together rather than a better person by yourself so are, are you in that state of mind right now or are you not like looking um, i mean i think i'm always looking but not really that hard i guess mm-hmm. I'm always keeping an eye on people, like on Instagram, like you never know where you'll meet them or, and same going out. Like if you see someone, you like just talk to them. But yeah, I don't want to mm. put too much my attention I don't, know, I, I attention don't feel like it. people talk to each other anymore when they that's go That's because people are afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think everyone's so afraid to talk to people. Why? Or, Why do you or think it's that? It might make it easier for people being like, oh, well, you know, it's easier if I just go online and talk to people. And yeah. I don't think that's the best attitude. I think you should use both tools the most that you can instead of relying on one or the other.
0: It seems like there's a lot
1: of. I value want to encourage
2: too. all the single
1: dads and single men who are listening to us right now to uh, try to be more and want and want love. I mean, not all of them want mm-hmm. uh, relationship and uh, companionship. Um, to approach people more. So well, hear here. Let's hear from the people who know how to approach people because I don't.
2: I just kind of get used. To, I mean, actually I write a lot of books about fear and stuff like that. Okay. And I'll, some some things say like you know. If, it, if you're afraid to do something, it's, like, really good for you, like, at work or whatever. It's the right. same with talking to people, like... Step out of your comfort zone, as we, yeah. As we and, say. Yeah, and also, like, a lot of times, if I'm afraid to talk to someone, or as I get older, I'm, like, less and less afraid, but then if you're afraid to talk to the right person, then you're just kind of screwing them over, too, you know? Right, right. Because if they're the right person for so you, what and you're you afraid like- to talk to them, then, well... You, so you come to them and say, "Hi, I'm Greg." I guess so. <laughs> or a lot of times, <laughs> I kind of like know people from Instagram, and then I'll see them out, oh, okay. and then I kind of already know them, and All I right. might have already like talked to them there. Oh. So, but um, but yeah, in person, I. Do you have a a prep, like Instagram? I swipe you all the time. (laughs) Um,
1: Alex is like, uh, I know what's your answer. What is it? What is my answer? Go ahead. What do do I do? Well, first of all, you
0: throw... (laughs) When I'm I'm out at
1: night at the bars without you. You throw a joke. That's how you start. Like, you start by making them laugh. Right. About, like, commenting about something. That's true. I actually think that... If I had the stones,
0: if I really had the nerve to do it, the best thing to do would be to walk up to say, it would walk up to someone and say, Hi, I'm Alex. What's your name? Like something incredibly st- – because, right? And if, then what? But, well, I guess my point is when you make a joke, it's an excuse. It's a way right. of saying if you laugh at my joke and then you say nothing else, I'm covered because I made a joke and now I can walk away and, <laughs> and fine, right? But if I walk up to you and I say, hi, uh, I'm Alex. What's your name? And you'll probably say what your name is. But then if you're not interested – it's gonna drop like a lead balloon. Right then, we're just gonna be standing next to each other, and then I'll have to sort of, you know, sort of drift away, and it'll be painful. And yet, on the other hand, it is the ultimate. What swipe? Which direction is I'm interested? Uh, I don't remember. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Left? No. Right. right. Whatever it is. Right. <laughs> so it's the ultimate swipe. Right. To walk up to somebody and just say, hi, my name is Alex, what's yours? Because there can be no doubt that that means I'm inter- I'm just interested in you, you know? Right. I wish that I had, back in the
2: day, back in the day, mm-hmm. I
0: wish that I had had the nerve to just do it that way,
2: but I didn't. I used a mechanism like a joke. <clears throat> that makes sense. I, I think I was telling my friend this, but... I was like, I don't think exactly what you say matters. I think the fact that you go and talk to them and try and have a conversation matters, you know, like if if I'm the person on the other end, like I don't, if you screw up in the first two sentences, I don't care.
0: And it's sort of like when you say happy birthday. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but back when on Facebook, you'd get literally 150 happy birthdays. But that's because all it, requ- <laughs> but all it required was the click of a button. <laughs> Facebook true. basically said to you, "Don't be a bitch. Click happy birthday for your friend." Right? And so that's, <laughs> that's not exactly better than nothing. But my point is, <laughs> I well, think my point sweet. is, Come on. we've we've so simplified the process that when somebody does express interest through these technologies. It doesn't mean as much. You, you'll be like, okay, thanks. It's I really
2: know. hard to read people online, really, and sometimes. that's true too. Yeah. With that, I think we're
1: going to go to the interview. Let's and uh, let Greg eat his cake. Yes, people. Greg eat cakes.
0: eats <laughs> cake. Yeah, no, it's people who look like that who do eat
1: cake and it's so
0: infuriating. <laughs> Daddy Squared, the gay dad's podcast, season three, is sponsored by Love is Family by ORM Fertility, your gateway to fatherhood.
1: Research begins at loveisfamily.com. And we're working on uh, new content with them as we speak. Yeah. As we speak. Uh, So stay tuned. If you go to loveisfamily.com or their Instagram account, which is loveisfamily underscore LGBTQ, give them a follow, which helps us too. And, um... Yes, please. And let's go to the interview with Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Is it Daniel or Danny?
4: Uh, wow, what? I go by anything. Anything is, okay. you know, the lungs is not late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is what we call a dad joke, by the way, which uh-huh. is appropriate. And I'm full of them. <laughs> so let's start with
1: a juicy question. All right. At what point do you tell a guy that you're dating that you have a kid?
4: That, that's out there up front. Um, I put it out there on the social media, I link the social media to whatever dating stuff I'm at because that is, that is the center of my life. Do you ever meet anybody, uh, at
0: the bar or, you know, the gym bars? or is that over now? <laughs> when do, <Fine>. what's <laughs> bars? Not, not, not fine. Not the bar. Do you ever meet anybody in a way that is not structured like
4: social media where they're going to have like introductory information? Yeah, for sure. And to, I think, answer your question is there's, it really runs the gamut. You meet guys who run for the hills right. i never wanted that you meet a fairly large portion of guys that are excited by that oh i always wanted to be a dad i do, that's someday i want to be a dad and then um and then you get this weird little niche of people who like want in on it now what does that mean they're you like on baby now. hungry Oh my god you're a dad i have to marry you tomorrow (laughs) and you're just like all right slow down what's (laughs) going on here don't touch my kids Uh, wow uh so uh, how do single dads find love uh that's a great question let's find somebody that has found (laughs) it um i've been single now for five years so the better part of uh, my kid's life uh it's been tricky. It's been tricky. I work a lot. I run my own business, so um, that eats up most of my time. Uh, I've had a couple dating people in the last five years, and, and it worked. Again, I, there, there were people, one of them actually wanted kids, one did not. So it was that was kind of what ultimately ended that last one. No. When, when you say that one did not, so they obviously knew that you had a kid from the outset. Yeah, he, it was interesting in kind of our breakup phone call uh on my ride home from the gym. Oh great. Uh he kind of said, "You know, it hit me a few months ago when you said that Torby was asking questions if we were liking each Tor- other." Torby's the kid. Torby's my son. He's 7, right? Yes, uh, okay. almost in a month. So he said at that point it was kind of like, "Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I this this is a lot more than I was ready to sign up for." Mm. He, he wants to be daddy, but that's usually to the 20-somethings.
0: Right, right. That's a different, <laughs> totally different kind of daddy. Yeah. So
1: you told us uh, in a conversation that we met before this interview that uh, you're debating on finding love lately. What's, what, what does it mean? What are
4: your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I just want it. I just, it's not finding me. And I'm in this weird zone where for the first time in my life, I'm, I am comfortable being alone. That was never a thing until about five years ago. And so there's a part of me who really just loves, I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want it, and nobody questions that. Well, except that you have a seven-year-old
0: child, so... Who questions. Questions everything and doesn't let you do anything you want he when you want. But actu- other than that, I He hear
4: actually questions very little, but he does want to know what every single word I say means. <laughs> okay. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he kind of likes our little thing because, of course, he's center of that universe and, and part of it. So,
1: I think it was season one that we spoke with a single dad, and he said the same thing in regards to I'm comfortable being alone. Is it something that you reach after a point that you try and you fail and you say,
4: okay, I, I don't I want I think that, there right? is a bit of that. I totally think there's a bit of that. And, and, and then I sit here and I start pondering, okay, is it because I'm 43 now and you just you reach that certain age where you're just less willing to deal with the shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want the antics. I don't want the silliness. I want somebody that has responsibility, professionalism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that's actually the bigger part of it is, no, I, I would be willing to uh, date, marry somebody tomorrow if it was the right person and they had their stuff mm-hmm. together. But the problem is there's just so many people out there with too much crap that they're still dealing with. Right. And like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> and where do you find them? Mostly on apps, I think. Um, I, believe? I dabble on the apps. I, I get annoyed with the apps because it's the same antics that probably many people here know about. So I don't really love the apps, mm-hmm. but yet I hold out hope because you go and you meet, talk to somebody and like, how'd you be? Oh, we met on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, so and I'm like, well, so there might be hope.
1: <laughs> so what's your daily routine? I mean, I wonder if there's any way to inject dating or whatever. Like, it's so I mean, hard.
4: There becomes very little time. Uh, interestingly, I mean, we've had a great, uh, what they call the 2255 five or whatever split with our, our divorce. Oh, I see. So we have mean? a routine where... Torby's with me on certain days, him on certain days, and then it alternates the weekends. Okay. Ask any divorced parent, they'll probably know it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was great when we were doing that because it was a built-in schedule. So I knew on these days... You know, I've got the kid on these days. I have a choice. I can either barrel through more work that I didn't get done or I can, uh, you know, go out and be an adult. Right. That worked out well for this last month. We've had a slight shift because my ex has been extra busy. And so I've kind of taken my son full time in a way. And it's been a really weird reality. When you go into divorce, you think, "Oh, I want my kid full time, I want my kid full time, but it's it's you know it's full time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you run your business and your business is you know it, it's long hours and and big days it it's a lot, yeah right. there's a selflessness to becoming a parent, there just is uh in so many gay men can't even become parents to dogs because that's too much commitment right mm-hmm. so it's this this of course, as you guys know, is a huge leap forward even over a dog because the dog ultimately becomes fairly independent quickly. Your kid does not. (laughs) So it is interesting. My friends, hey, what are you doing tonight? Can you come out and hang out with us? No, I've got my kid. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Yes. Hey, you want to go to the movies tonight? No, I got my kid. (laughs) Boom. Yep. (laughs) So it's a commitment. But then you get to go skiing. You get to go doing these wonderful things. You see their brains connecting all those wonderful little details you get to relive your childhood through their eyes right it's one of my favorite most inspiring moments all of a sudden now i've turned into this like 90 year old grandpa who just gets excited to look back through the photo album and go yeah. oh my god i remember when <laughs> wow do you do the voice too and everything oh That's we do great. voices all the time we talk talk like an englishman Daddy. <laughs> right very good
2: don't judge me so i have a question um when someone comes and wants to be a daddy right away do you feel that they're really more interested in being a dad than interested in you? You know what I mean? Like if they come off too it's fast a great, off the bat. You it's know? a great
4: question. Um, yeah, it always comes back to the age. I'm 43 and the silver hair is starting to pop. And so, yeah, that whole daddy reference now definitely has a double meaning. Um, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Yes, it, it happens on both regards. I would say more often than not right now, my statistics would say that more of them are after daddy.
0: Well, you know, so it fi- it does fire up a bit of a flare, but on the other hand, I guess I would I would say this right, attraction is a very complicated thing, and if somebody is attracted to you because you're a daddy, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are actually a father is kind of a factor of mm-hmm. that. I don't know that that's necessarily disqualifying, right? I mean, it's no. it's kind of part of what... Daddy it, in the bedroom,
1: daddy in the playground.
0: Right? It's, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: People started calling me daddy, and I find it very disturbing. I don't know. You'll, I don't know about you. You'll get used to it after a while. <laughs> no, it, I mean... It takes I a mean, settling like in period. It's, <laughs> they mean it in a sexy way, and I'm like, there's nothing sexy about being a daddy, especially. Should there like, are know. dad pants. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, was Thorby adopted? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit
4: more? We were sitting in the living room one night back in 2010 when my ex had referenced a conversation we had about kids and said, would you really like to have kids? And I realized at that moment that I had kind of given up on that dream and fantasy because so as so many of us gay men in that era of this era uh, kind of grew up. Not thinking that was possible, anything beyond being an uncle. Uh, so we talked more seriously about it. And then it was, of course, that do we do in vitro? Do we do adoption? Which then ties back into some of my deep rooted beliefs on why gays are on the planet. One of them being just uh, giving love to uh, people and kids who need the love, but also population control. And Anyway, we battled through that. I really wanted to see what my own DNA would look like, and so through the course of it, we decided we could buy a house and remodel it nice and make it a nice home for the family and adopt, or we could do the in vitro process. Yes,
0: we're familiar with that uh, (laughs) that question,
4: yeah. I tend to be one who I want my cake and eat it too, so it's like, well, let's adopt and in vitro and remodel the house. (laughs) So uh, we adopted uh, and it's really a never look back. How long had you guys been together when you had that conversation? You started the process. That was that conversation was early. Uh, that was roughly six to 11 months, six, oh. six to 11 months in that range. Um, we, we got engaged about month six. Okay but we set the date for a year and a half later. So we would have a, almost two years of dating before we got married. Got it. Well, you know, you have to get the ice sculptures and all that kind of stuff. It takes up. a long it takes time. Takes a long time. The doves have to
0: be released. Well, the doves had to be hats too yes. <laughs> so, so, but I do,
4: I do. And we used adopted doves. Of course, right, you know.
0: Um, do you ever ask yourself the question of what would have happened in your relationship had you not had
4: kids? It wouldn't have lasted as long. Oh, so having the kids actually, yeah. the kid, excuse me. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to answer that too fast if you're listening. <laughs> oh, ex- <laughs> was, we, would you like
0: us to inject a pause? We can do that in edit. Uh, um, no, I mean, I think
4: that it's its interesting that you have that, you know, that you're so sure of of that. I've had five years to process right. it. Right. Um, you know, he's a really great guy. Uh, we all have our shit. And, you know, I, I grew up a ton in the last five years. Uh I have carried around crap my entire life. I have gone to therapy a million times looking for those answers, and nothing like time answers those questions. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest frustrations, probably the, one of the biggest anxieties I have about not being in a relationship. I wanna try all this new stuff out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna show how awesome I am now. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Daddy Square, the Gay Dads Podcast. We're taking a break in the interview, and we're here with our co-host Greg. Greg, would you date a single dad? Um, I would think about it. I'm not <laughs> sure. What
0: are, the, <laughs> what are the pros and cons about it? Assume he's hot, and he's <laughs> and that that should be a given. He's hot, and then then whatever. But that makes it easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, let's
2: stipulate hot.
0: But seriously,
2: <laughs> um, I think one it would be added responsibility cuz you're you're not just taking on the responsibility of getting along with a partner but also with a kid
0: because that assumes that the relationship if the relationship were to progress to the point where you'd be introduced to the kid or even become daddy number two, is Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then another thing would be, well, maybe you might skip part of your life. You know, you might fast forward over the couple without kids phase, which can last, you know, like a long time, in some (laughs) cases forever.
1: I read uh, this week um, an article written by a single dad, Kyle from Utah, about him being a package deal as he dates men and he says that it isn't always a burden to date men with children, and I think
0: he's a know, dad though.
1: Yes, but it's from his <laughs> point of view. Right, it's what I'm saying. Like maybe it is for single men, not for other single dads.
0: I think it depends on your state of mind. If you're listen, if you're somebody who has really kind of dreamed about having kids, maybe you're of an age where you're starting to feel like you're ready for that, and then you meet somebody who has a wonderful kid, and you say, "Why don't I just join this this thing?" That sounds great. But that's yeah. how you have to feel, otherwise. I think that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: In the second part of the interview, we talked about matchmaking with the LGBT matchmaker Tammy. She was fun. She was great. And uh, Tammy Shackley is the founder of H4M Matchmaking, and she got us a little bit into the world of matchmaking. What is? What's the H? Homosexuality. <laughs> I find I, that <laughs> hard to imagine. <laughs> we might want to look it up. Anyway, let's go. How do you feel about matchmaking? I love it. I'm up for it. I.
4: Yeah, I just never seek it out. Did you ever, like, somebody... I tried interested? it in college. There was No, a, I mean after oh. you got divorced. Oh, no, I haven't tried it. I've asked my friends uh, to be matchmakers, a, but oh, really? I, I don't have any good yentas in my... We
1: have uh, Tammy Shackley on the line oh, with us. Be- Tammy? Yes. All right, hello. She's a gay and lesbian matchmaker?
3: I am. In full disclosure, I am a straight ally and I am not a parent. I do not have children. But I met my husband because I hired a matchmaker. And years later, uh, I was trying to refer a gay friend and he's the one that educated me that matchmakers in our industry, now that I'm in the industry, uh, were not matchmaking LGBTQ singles. And I did research and designed a company that that's all I do.
1: I think there's a prejudice about people who work with the matchmakers that they are desperate right what can you say about that
3: when i le- that's such a good point when i learned that i i took it I was offended a little bit because I thought, well, I hired a matchmaker, does that mean I felt like I was desperate? Absolutely not. Just the opposite. I thought, I have worked so hard in three careers to build to this status of owning my own home, having my own car, you know, great friends, disposable income, travel budget, I, I no longer clean my own house or mow my own lawn. Why? I'm not going to go online. I'd rather spend time with friends and family and in my career and just delegate this. Just hire someone that does this all day, every day. So I looked at it as something I had earned for myself. I didn't look at it as anything disparaging.
1: And you also mentioned that uh, not everyone can be a client. So
3: Correct. Well, the beauty of owning my own company is I get to choose who I work with. And I know you guys, a couple of you can relate as well, that if I don't feel like I can be successful in setting them up, I'll try to refer them to someone else or oftentimes send them to maybe an app or a website that will be more suitable for what they're seeking. Your
4: goals might be better for scruff.
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, is that really what it comes down to is you can, you can tell that this person isn't ready for a serious relationship and it's, you know,
3: it's a lot of, that. sometimes if they they just need to go to a real jock i'm fine with that <laughs> but here's, here's I how i look that. at it <laughs> to spend the time Old to school. make the inquiry to do the telephone call to do the interview with the matchmaker As a single, you are obviously seeking a committed long-term relationship because otherwise, why not go on the app and, you know, someone can be over in 15 minutes. (laughs) And and trust me, as a straight ally, I am very sensitive to, I don't judge based on immediate gratification. I just always tell my clients, I want you to be healthy, happy, and safe because when I call you, it's someone that's been vetted, had a criminal background check. Everyone we introduce has done the same hour-and-a-half interview with me via video so we truly know the people that we're introducing but men are visual, men are sexual if it's immediate gratification, call it that that's okay, but that's not what we do
2: so for dating, uh, you know, your attractiveness is important so one time I actually got approached um, by someone like you and they didn't actually show me the picture of the guy until after an hour and a half long conversation so I was wondering if that's the process that you follow and how do you feel about doing that?
3: Yes, I do. We call it scouting in our industry. And so based on where my clients are, I only match in the U.S. But if we're seeking more 30-year-olds in Denver or more uh, 40-year-olds in Florida, we do have recruiters that will approach someone and to see if they're a compatible match for some of our clients. But they still have to do the interview with me. Um, our service, we do not show photos. And I know that's very unique. <laughs> But I go back to men are visual, men are sexual. And with all of the apps and online dating, if it's just a photo that's going to be a great co-parent with you in the future, then why isn't that working? So, Tammy, It's so much more than that. It's it's what you want in your future, what you want your life to look like, how you treat your families, how you were treated by your families. There's a lot of history and uh, vetting that goes into finding likelihood of compatibility.
4: Tammy, I love that you said that because uh, one of the things I hate most about the apps is the truly immediate gratification. Swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right. Everybody just wants more pictures. So one of the things for me has been about... I see somebody coupled with somebody, I see somebody on the street, and I'm like, if I would have seen them on the app, would have I swiped left or right? And I would have gotten rid of them, probably. Yeah. And then I see them in person, and I smell them, I th- feel their energy, whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, that person is really, really awesome. So right. commend you for uh, no pictures. So you may not show pictures, but you see the
0: pictures, I assume right?
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I see all of my clients' social media. I have photos. Right. I take a photo from the day we interviewed together because I want it very present day, how so they're that means- even presenting themselves during the interview. They need to be ready to go on a date and to really meet their partner, that this is a, an investment. This is a process. And if I think they need to update their glasses or if I think they'd look a little better showing off that dimple and shaving the scruff, I tell them right because i know what i've listened to for 7 years of what men find attractive in other men and so it's really that i'm the voice or the conduit if you will
0: so that means so that means that I'm sorry. I'm I'm still talking. Um, It's just something that happens a lot in our relationship. Um, So that means that you actually, when you're looking at connecting people with each other, you'll look at their, you know, both of their pictures and say, uh, there are all these other things where they're compatible, but I think that physically they will not be compatible with each other. You do take that into account.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In our industry, we have to, because one question if you ever interview with a matchmaker is to ask, are you setting him up or are you setting me up? Because compatibility would mean that you're likely to choose them for a second date. Right. Let's put it that, let's put it that way.
2: So how, how do you ask them, you know, what type of person they're into? Like, oh,
3: it's, a, it's, an hour, it's an hour and a half interview. And having done news and broadcast news, I really am interested in everyone's um, human interest story. I mean, already I've made a page full of notes on Daniel.
4: <laughs> <because> <laughs> that, Ooh.
3: It would make his the
4: good stuff because
3: I know about him. But we truly research the people that we're introducing. It doesn't mean everyone's stellar or without baggage or without a history. I think what they've gone through, their experiences, their journey, where they are on the path, however you want to refer to it, that's what makes them interesting today. So you want to meet someone today and join them on this journey and to ideally meet your equal, I say, that you walk side by side through, you know, that life is richer when you share it with somebody. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's looking for something a little different. We don't treat it like a cookie cutter process. It's very customized based on the individual.
0: I assume that you have um, match made. What's the word I'm looking for? Whatever it is. Um, (laughs) um, Gay dads.
3: Here's what was surprising to me and why I was so thrilled to start following you guys is that every year on the anniversary of the company, I, I do an assessment of what has been surprising. What have I learned this year? What, How have I grown to be more sex positive, body positive, you know, just as a human and as a person running this company. In the first year, I was surprised that more than 50% of the men I had interviewed wanted a family. At a different stage, they would sometimes say, "Yes, I definitely want children," or, "I think it's a conversation I want to have with the right person. I hope we're in agreement." Or, if they really wanted to to be a dad, I, I could, you know, I could get there if they were the right person for me. So I was shocked. I did not expect that in eligible singles that I would be meeting.
0: When you are talking to somebody who has um, a child or more than one child already. And then Mm -hmm. you're talking to somebody who does not. What are you asking, what are you going to ask the the father? Uh, How is it going to differ? Uh, Other than the the, the basic question of, you know, I assume you're looking for somebody who would also like to have uh, kids. What other things do you find are kind of um, uh, surprising and subtly different between the interests of a father and the interests of someone who isn't one?
3: it's been interesting from the very beginning. I, I, one of my early clients was someone who had already hired a surrogate and was having twins. And so in, I mean, that was my first real test of setting up single dads and it went swimmingly well. I I was just so pleasantly surprised
4: that the
3: admiration that the other bachelor would already have for him in, in not even having met him yet. And so, what I quickly learned as I was interviewing single dads or those about to be single dads, you know, already working with an adoption agency, for example. I mean, I I would see them as brave. I would see them as courageous, as as giving, as loving, as generous. And so that's, to me, the perception these other single men have for them as well. So it's, it's really one of admiration. I've never heard anyone talk about oh, they've got a kid that's baggage or whatever. Even even my clients over the years of all age ranges that have been divorced from a woman and have children, and that's really on trend right now to be coming out mm-hmm. um, after your kids have both gone out to college. And, so, and that's really been a trend that's been happening since marriage equality passed. So it's kind of got a trickle-down effect, if you will, or trickle up, I don't even know how to refer to that. But what's interesting is... Even in saying divorced from a woman, two grown kids, or two college age kids, or two high school age kids, the other person still sees that as admirable. And I think that. You said I, abnormal? I, It's admirable. admirable. Yeah. That you were a father, that you did this. You, you had such courage and you got through it (laughs) and your kids are doing great, you know, and they get excited to hear about, well, where, you know, where do their kids go? Where does his kids go to college? And I'd say, well, save that for first date conversation. (laughs) I'm, I'm just letting you know that they've been a responsible uh, parent. And now a responsible single dad and here's uh, the arrangements that they have or whatever. They alternate holidays or, you know, or whatever it is so that the other person can know what they're going into. But I also have really guidelines for single dads on first dates. I really want you to be a bachelor and I really want you to not show a photo of your children on the first date.
4: Oh, interesting. That would be tough. That's that's a good one, too. And it's a tricky one. (laughs) Because they ask. You
3: said for the baby hungry, hungry, right? It happened to me in my matches with my matchmaker. They would set me up with a single dad. I did not want to see the picture of the child. I just remember thinking, if this doesn't lead to a second date, why do I need that? And... Someday that child is going to be gone out of the home, and now it's going to be you and me. Right. So you and I better have a great first date. Slowly start to get to know each other and like each other before we enter this other person into the relationship.
4: And sometimes, as gay men, we just need that extra little reminder of what's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, do you do you recommend them even talking about their kid in the first date, let
2: alone a picture?
3: Just briefly, just briefly, because as a matchmaker, I've already verbally told each bachelor about the other. So I kind of handled that. It, to where they know that they have a four year old little boy but you know let's say focus on each other for the first date right. so it, it comes up but what you don't want to get caught doing and it happens I love you parents but it happens you get excited you start telling a story it led to the next one and the next one and now I know every detail about that first <laughs> attempt to teaching them soccer right yeah so, I mean
0: oh look yeah I was so sure that would never happen to me and I suck oh yeah you I are. will tell
1: people everything for hours five it's minutes five minutes with alex and you will know i
0: everything. mean for, fortunately i'm married to someone who's not likely at any time soon to dump me we don't know for sure this is a, <laughs> the podcast still has a few more minutes to go uh but um but i i what i would wonder is this and this is a question for for you as much is Maybe there daniel. What i'm sorry right, i'm supposed to say the name for daniel um, <laughs> uh, you can't see us it's a podcast um, there I assume that there must occasionally feel like there's a bit of a priest complex uh, in that when you're 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 meeting somebody and they look at you as a father, and it's not the daddy, the sexy daddy thing. It's the I'm a father, so now I'm not allowed to be crazy anymore and I'm not allowed to be do are you, do mean, you sometimes feel like you're perceived as a a less sexual and less male being because you're attached to a child?
3: I I don't find that happening. Not when people know me. But keep in mind, I'm in the middle of describing these people to each other. So I focus on he's a lifelong surfer from the coast. He goes to this music festival, you know, in this country every year. He does this. So there's still things I point out that what they do as a man, what their hobbies, passions, interests are, what they do. As a family member, what they do, as a neighbor, I point out the whole person, not just the fact that they're a dad.
0: Right, right. Um, oh, wait, can I just ask one other thing that I just occurs to me? Is It's critically important question. Don't make that face. Yes, do you, Alex. Do you talk about, um, what's the word, orientation, position? Top bottom. Top bottom. Do you talk about Versatile. that? Versatile. You must, right? Verse bottom.
3: This is probably a whole nother podcast, but I will tell you this. (laughs) I got (laughs) to know. At the end of the focus group interviews, it came down to, am I going to ask top bottom versatile? Am I going to ask HIV status? Right. And I made the decision, no. That as an educated, so professional adult, as a straight woman who hired a matchmaker, I wasn't asked about STDs. I wasn't asked about, I mean, I really wasn't asked any types of questions like that. Now, again, it's not apples to apples, but they didn't say, Tammy, do you prefer Fifty Shades of Grey? I mean, I'm a, I'm a grown-ass woman is what I would have said to them, that if you introduce me to a man that's likely compatible, he and I will have those conversations when it's time, but could you just do the vetting and the introducing, please? And and so I decided to treat my clients with the same dignity and respect I was treated with because I I said with the apps, you know, we even got measurements. I mean, if this if it's all down to a photo, in a position, in a status, in a length, well, then how come you guys are single?
0: Right, right, I buy <laughs> so it.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> really about introducing two humans. That are likely to choose each other for a second date that are taking time the anthropologists say it takes four good dates when you meet someone new to see if they could be in your future so i introduce you as that's what i'm doing wrong on the first date and then you can start to become dads you know in single parents by the fourth date if it leads to that
1: so you're saying not to decide on the first date
3: No, I prefer that you, um, we are the only company that we coordinate every detail of the first date and every detail of the second date because it's just more traditional how people used to get to know each other. It's a true blind date. You've not seen a photo, so there's natural anxiety. I had it, and on the second date, you're more relaxed, and we've had LGBTQ singles start to fall for each other on the second date. After the first date feedback, when they said, Yeah, I like him. I can see, I can see why you introduced us. I said, well, let's just let's just do a coffee then, for the second date. And the next day, the feedback is, oh my gosh, we were at coffee for three and a half hours. I said, told ya. (laughs) What
4: is what is your uh, kind of success rate, so to say? Like, how often do you hit it on the first time, second, third, fourth?
3: uh, Those are such. We have such a large client base. Those statistics are. Excellent questions, but impossible for me to keep up with on a daily basis. So we start measuring success when both bachelors call in the next day, said we had a great time, we want a second date. I mean, that was my first phone call this morning, two bachelors uh, that met in Texas. Both want a second date, we're getting it coordinated right away. So, after the second date, when they, I hear that they're coordinating their own third date on their own, and I get out of the way, um, men will tell me it's the most anticipated third date they've ever had because we do not allow sex of any kind on the first or second date. Whoa, 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 oh. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. Talk about burying the lead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What do you say you do not allow? I want to know how you enforce
2: that.
3: <laughs> That this is a more traditional way of meeting a compatible partner. So when I say don't allow, our guidelines say no sex of any kind on the first date, no sex of any kind on the second date. After your second date feedback, and we'll have your first and second date. Now is this date,
4: Bill Clinton back to sex? Back pretty quick.
3: <laughs> then we don't care where you go, what you do, or how long you do it. But we've given you a strong foundation with someone who is likely to be a compatible partner with you for a long, long time. So wow.
2: what do- if one person is really interested in a second date and the other? One's like on the fence, do you kind of push them over and say, Why don't you do it? Or do you give them some time? Or how do you go about that situation?
3: It's a lot of verbal dating coaching. I do unlimited dating coaching with all of my clients. And so sometimes I nudge based on their personality, sometimes I would not nudge if it's, just, if it's just too much. But sometimes they'll come back to me and say, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of this. This is just dating. And I realize I've never really done this. Mm-hmm. So is that first guy available for a second date? Because I don't know what I was judging him based on. And I said, you were judging him based on your online experience. And that's not what this is.
1: Right. So you said that, uh, well, you heard our conversation with Daniel uh, before would, would you say that, like, Daniel is a, is a potential client of yours?
3: Oh, my goodness. I have, yeah. single dad- <laughs> I have single dads I could set him up with. And and, and I'll tell you, and again, I just think this is on trend, <laughs> but now is a good time to meet a single dad. When Andy Cohen did this and lived it out loud for everyone to see, it's had, and again, I know there's mixed reviews, but it's had... I think a positive effect on those that see someone that can do it on their own. And Lord knows, we all know he has so much help, I'm sure, but he also has friends that are coming around and being supportive. And I just think it's a good time to meet a single dad. And I think Daniel sounds amazingly eligible. He
1: has a great voice. Yeah, so what sort of questions Would you ask him, like, let's say that Uh,
3: we would start by going all the way back to high school and I would start interviewing him based on his high school experience through college, education, career, the different career shifts he's had. We would talk a little bit about his own family growing up. Um, relationships he has with family members. Now we would talk then a little bit about past relationships. Uh, But then we would talk about all that he wants in his life. What, what, how does he see, you know, is he a beach or a cabin guy? Is he um, the guy that talks about retirement or he's the one that wants to own his own company until the end, you know, and then we talk about the ideal guy. And we spend a lot of time talking about what would really be compatible with you, what qualities and values are important to bring someone else into your home and around your child. And uh, we really drill down on that. And by the end of the interview, I would know at least initially who he would be compatible with without even looking at our system.
0: Just for fun. Do you do politics?
3: We mention it.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, especially Mm -hmm. these days.
3: And it, of course everyone starts with Politics if they voted for and I said stop you don't even have to use
4: that
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then and then how much time does it take for you to come up with somebody
3: Oh yeah so there we process it all Um, Manually, I mean, as humans in the office, even because I just don't believe the algorithm works in matchmaking for same-sex singles because just because two guys play tennis does not mean they're compatible. Um, And so we process a lot. And sometimes I call, I ask more questions, and we really look at each of you side by side. And then I make the decision, and usually your first match is in two weeks. And, um, And I call and tell you about him. If you want to meet him, I call and tell him about you. But we're protecting your privacy. We've done due diligence to make sure you don't already know each other. Uh, straight matchmakers don't know to do that, by the way. And then, um, and then we also tell you about each other and see, um, you know, if this is someone that sounds like you want to meet. And if so, we coordinate every detail of the date. We do everything but go do, on the date. You have you, to go How do you know Charlie. we
4: haven't met with all of the grinder and scruff hookups?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's funny because I'll use first name and industry, not last name or where they work.
0: Right. And so That's sometimes, not going to help. <laughs> not in those
1: circumstances. Anyway, you know how many Daniels we
3: have? <laughs> Exactly. So sometimes they'll say, Wait, let me look at all the Kevins I know. <laughs>
1: so-
4: right.
0: <laughs> Plus when I'm using the apps I go by Zanzibar <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wow. <laughs> Hung like um, a horse. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I see when I hear that. It's Zanzibar? <laughs> sure, <why> so, <laughs> so Sammy,
1: uh, what's your uh do you have like sort some sort of an advice for first dates? Like how long does it supposed to
3: happen. Oh, ah, we do. I love our guidelines and I don't mind sharing them. Again, this is based on research. So first date should be light. No more than 2 hours, no more than 2 drinks. Now again, remember I'm saying no sex of any kind, so I'm putting some guidelines in place to help with that. But we recommend from the time we tell you about a match until you meet them, no Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, online app checking, let it be an organic introduction, a true blind date, then we pick the place, we make the reservation, you only know each other's first name, and we recommend no more than two hours, no more than two drinks, no cell phones on ring or on the table, now. For my single dads, I, <laughs> what's important for me is reliable child care and that I think you should step away from the table halfway through the date and check in with your child care to make sure everything's okay, but step away from the table to do that respectfully. And it's, it's being a gentleman and it's being mannerly. And then um, at the end of the date, it's always, first date, it's always Dutch treat, so you're both in your wallet at the same time. To split that tab, that's a great time to exchange contact information if you choose.
0: What about kiss? what I, about a kiss? What about a kiss? No, she said no sex.
1: Oh, so I mean sorry. it's all I don't know
0: what your definition is. Just finger gestures. No kiss.
3: <laughs> uh, no, I highly recommend a kiss.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, now See, I'm liking you more, yes, Tammy. Yes.
4: <laughs> I was yes. on the fence about you yeah, a sh- minute ago. Because
3: sh- <laughs> <laughs> remember I said more traditional introductions, introductions, courting, and dating. What I did not realize is gay men are not very good at the courting we're horrible
4: at it yeah
3: we are i know at it, and it's bed. fun to, to learn to be a flirt again and have an anticipated um delayed satisfaction yeah. and men just tend to get to know each other better and they really do find it refreshing is what they tell me because i'm prepared every year in the anniversary of the company to adjust the business model if I've done something wrong, and so far, no tweaking has been needed.
4: And you have to be careful of that word in this community. Yeah, what is tweaking is a drug thing, right?
3: Twerking is different.
1: <laughs> Tammy, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, Oh, my
3: pleasure and delight. And I hope it's inspirational to Daniel, too. Yeah, yeah, thank you. When he's happy being alone, um, that means he's a very content, satisfied um, dad and bachelor. And that's a pretty great bachelor to meet. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you.
3: That is
1: weird. We misbehaved with Tammy. <laughs> we did <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Is she based here in LA? No, I think she's like it's on and defense. off from LA. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. she's te- Texas.
0: It's funny. I absolutely think I think she's right. In I do everything she's saying, and yet. How can we avoid making fun of it? We can't we can't because we're gay men and so you know there's 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 much joking to be made about you know proper courting amongst gay men because at the speed that we generally operate you know before the first date there, there an awful lot has happened
4: But that has been the fun thing about the last five years and my dating because I've I've had old me was mean you know, boom let's go to bed oh my god he didn't let me, it didn't make me go home that line. That means we should get married. Okay. This is all good. Da, 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 you know, and I, and I <laughs> suffocate that relationship. <laughs> um, need me, need me, need me. Uh, but this last five years. I, I found myself getting into this rhythm where I was, I was almost tantalizing these dating people, which wasn't really good, but it was just kind of like, yeah, doesn't, doesn't doesn't taste right. Throw it out. Why? Eh, why doesn't do you want think that? that, that boom, is it, it because
0: you were busy enough with your kid that you were like, look, I, unless it's exactly what I want, I'm not interested. Or I think
4: why? it was that pendulum swing, right? I was kind of exercising my new my new tools. I see. And my new comfort, where where I wanted that threshold to be to mark that desired effect. So with what Tammy said, I I love it. I agree with it. Um, it can be very Difficult to want to keep it in your pants or similar. but And I think that it, she's talking about your it phone. Is, it is the phone. Yes. Phone, <laughs> phone in the pants and, and, and the socks on the too. feet. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I think I, I love what she said.
1: Okay. So um, I hope we got some valuable. I think it was here. good. I think it was good. She was fun, by the way. So <laughs> I really I, I enjoyed her. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle, so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, well. we'll follow up on you to see. What's happening? Sounds with great. Dating. <laughs> dating, please update us. <laughs> we'll do. Okay.
0: We're coming back from our interview with Tammy Shackley. This is Daddy Square, the Gay Dad's Podcast,
1: uh, Season Three. By the way. Um, I'm Alex. And I'm Greg. And you know what, Greg? It was a revelation to me that you got approached by a matchmaker.
2: I forget how exactly I got approached. It was somewhere on... Online? I, I think it was online. I don't really remember. But I got approached and I... Was like sure I'll go. I mean, I'd really had a lot of doubts because I'm like, all right, you know. (laughs) How does she know what I'm attracted to? And that's not all about that, but it's a big part of it. Right? Mm -hmm. Did she She, come to you because she already had material and she was trying to say, "Hey, got it." So she had material. Interesting. And then I, I, I think I, I might have asked like, "Hey, can I see? Do you give out pictures now?" I think it's why I brought it up. Oh and then i don't think she was like no we have to meet in person and then i was like well whatever it'll be an adventure at least <laughs> oh my god I, I mean i
1: would well i would go but i would like do a lot of research on the matchmaker like that's who true. are you that's right. true but, Right. right, I did it, you know,
0: I don't know if I ever told you this, but oh I did many, God, many please. years ago when I lived in New York, uh, I fancied myself an executive and there was some kind of executive-y type of thing.
1: and Because hookers. Uh, <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs>
0: no, uh, you don't need a matchmaker for hookers, I don't think, <laughs> but in any case, um, poor Tammy. Tammy, <laughs> we're, we're very respectful people. Um, but no, you um, uh, It's funny because to hear Tammy talk about it is so different from what my experience was many years ago when I did this because the people that I met with, they did ask me questions that were similar to the ones that Tammy talks about, but the people that they matched me up with felt like... They had not listened to a word I said. I mean, sort of like when you go to a real estate agent and you say, you know, whatever you do, I do not want a swimming pool. And the first thing that they show you is a house with a swimming pool. So it, it had, let me just say that there were a lot of swimming pools. Daddy, that's Q-R. Uh, so, Greg, every time we have you on as our co-host, because of your experience teaching us about money, uh, we would love to extract from you some tips. Okay. And uh, one area that it seems particularly relevant is we've just finished 2019 and December, which is at least in America, notoriously a month where people more or less bankrupt themselves, you know, with money and parties and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear some advice from you about how you start a new year.
2: It on the right foot. I think there's, like, two things to that. Um, I think in my past a lot, I would, yeah, go bankrupt it. I think as I got older and learned more, then I'm like, okay, maybe you should plan ahead more and start, like, pre-calculating some numbers before you go out and spend money. Uh, so that's one advice. And then the other one is, uh, actually made some New Year's goals and actually prioritize them and put them above my computer for 2020. And so I think that's, I put... Actually, a financial one there. You know, I'm going to ask you what it is, don't you? (laughs) No, not numbers, but, you know, what what does it mean? My first one was actually to reduce my personal loan because I have one that's pretty high. And um, so basically I wanted to reduce it so the interest rate is more manageable. Got it. Um, So that was the first one on my list. And I think, you know, if I put it there and it's always in plain sight, then it'll keep me a little bit more grounded and keep me reminded, like, hey, this is my primary goal for the year. Right. It's also good to keep track every month and, and plan ahead as well like I think this is like a I guess you can call it an awareness thing if you just swipe your card and you don't look at your and you just look at the numbers and your balance like isn't, it tells you some information but actually like use a tool called Mint it's not the best tool yeah. they oh, might hate me know for know saying that I know Mint was still around <laughs> it's not the best tool but there aren't any amazing tools that I've used for that right. but th- it's good enough to get the job done. One of the things that I really have wanted for a
0: long time, and there are like technical reasons why this isn't generally supported, is I would like a very detailed breakdown of the way we spend money on our credit card. Because you know, you go to the
1: ninety you, you percent Amazon.
0: Well, right, but that's the problem. If you go to a store, <laughs> if you go to it, it's true. It is that isn't yeah. the problem. It is right. literally ninety percent Amazon. But the problem is that if you buy things on Amazon, some of the things you buy are food. Some of the things you buy are are uh, toys. The toys oh, you're right. you're and right. and you're what
2: right. I need. To see is how much money did you spend on toys? That's also hard on there too because it's just gonna put it for shopping. But then you have to manually go in and go, okay, I'm gonna split twenty dollars right. went to toys and yeah, twenty dollars went no. to the, and then it ends up taking almost too much time away from you. Right. So then it, it's it's challenging. Yeah. But I agree for any
1: New Year resolution, if you put it on even your calendar just to remind you. Like I was talking about reminding you every Monday yep. at 7 a.m. that this is your resolution. You that start up the week. That's a good idea. With the intention of the goal yeah. that you I started. think a lot
2: of times we get distracted by different things in life and yeah. then we forget what our primary goals are. And yeah. that would be helpful for that too.
1: I want to finish with a cute story that happened this week. And Alex, it's kudos to you for
0: oh, doing wait, something, do very, something very, very right? cute, very
1: creative <laughs> with our kids. So he was uh, laying in bed last night with our kids Tell them stories, and one of the things that he told them is like, uh, if you're not happy with your name, you can oh. switch it. By the time you're 18, when you're 18 years old, you're allowed so, to change. And your- then he asked them like, what would you want your name to be? Yes, Adam wanted his name to be cool. Yeah so, so, yeah, so Adam says, yeah, I want to change my name to Cool, which I thought was pretty badass.
0: I mean, in 1972, it would have been a great thing to change your name to.
1: But anyway, so yeah, and then so I talked to him about that for a little bit. And then I turned to Ben and I say... No, then he started crying and he's like, I can't wait until I'm 18. So we started calling him in, oh Cool Now. That's like, right. We just started. And then I turned to Ben and I said, so Ben,
0: what do you want? He said, James. And I'm like, I don't know how we got from cool to James. I asked him where he got the name James from and he had no idea. It just came out of
1: thin air. Just thank God it's not Dua Lipa or something.
0: Oh, that's right. It could have been Dua Lipa.
1: (laughs) If there's something you'd like to uh, share with us or for us to talk about during the season, please don't hesitate to write to us hello at daddysqr.com. We even have a phone number. You can text us or call us at 213 793 Eight nine three nine. That's a United States telephone number. If you ask your kids, what do you think it, their name should be? Oh, that's please, a fun one. send it to us. Yeah, we want <laughs> we want to know.
0: Oh, that's such a great idea! Please, yeah, ask your kids what they would change their name to if they could, uh, and please, when you tell us what they came up with, tell us their age as well, because I think yeah, that would be very really helpful.
1: All right, guys, thank you so much, Greg. Thank you for joining us, thank you guys. All right, and, uh, see you next week, and happy New Year.
0: If you're thinking about having kids, start your search at loveisfamily.com by ORM Fertility. For over 30 years, ORM Fertility has been at the forefront of fertility services, providing personalized care, and helping all family types grow. ORM are honored to be a trusted resource for the gay community on their journey to parenthood, and are now sharing all they know with you at loveisfamily.com. ORM's expert team gives gay parents-to-be all the information they need and guides them through their unique fertility journey, providing expertise, education, and support every step of the way. Over a 1,000 gay couples and singles from all over the world have started or grown their family with ORM's support and fertility and financial expertise. Find out more at loveisfamily.com, ORM Fertility's online resource for gay dads and LGBTQ family building.